Good afternoon, everyone. We're running a little late. We had to get a tire for our truck. Um, we live out in the country, so we put a lot of miles on our vehicles, and so we go through a lot of tires. Anyway, uh, Mark is going to be reading the Chapter 4 in the Holy Spirit by Arthur Pink. This is chapter is entitled The Titles of the Holy Spirit. If you want to get a copy of this book, you can go to walmart.com. BarnesandNoble.com, Amazon.com, and many, many other resources to pick up this book. It's pretty much available. You can get it, I think, from Amazon for around ten bucks. It's uh, it's a very good book. Title hey. of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Titles of the Holy Spirit. Right views of the divine character lie at the foundation of all genuine vital godliness for thousand history. It should then be a be one of our chief quest to seek after knowledge of God. Without the true knowledge of God and his nature and attributes we can neither worship him acceptably nor serve him right. Nor the three persons in the Godhead have graciously revealed themselves through a variety of names and titles. The nature of God, we are utterly incapable of comprehending, but his person and character may be known. Each name or title that God has appropriated of himself is that whereby he reveals himself and us whereby he would have us know and know and own him. Where therefore whatever any name of God expresses him to be that he is, for he will not deceive us by giving himself a wrong or false name. On this account he requires us to trust in his name, because he will surely be found unto us all. That his name imports the names of God then are for the purpose of expressing him unto us. They set forth his perfections and make known the different relations which he sustains unto the children of men and then to his own favored people. Names are given for this intent that they might declare what the thing is to which the name belongs. Thus when God creates Adam and gave him dominion over this visible world, he caused the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air to pass before him, that they might receive names from him, Genesis 2.19. In like manner, we may learn of what God is through the names and titles he has taken. By means of them, God spells out himself to us sometimes by one of his perfections, sometimes by another. A very wide field of study is here introduced to us, yet we can now say no more than that the prayerful and diligent searcher will find it a highly profitable one to investigate. What has been said above serves to indicate the importance of the present aspect of our subject 
what the Holy Spirit is in his divine person, ineffable characters made known unto us by means of the many names and varied titles, which were recorded to him in holy writ. A whole volume rather than a brief article might well be devoted to your contemplation. May we be divinely guided in using the limited space of the third person of blessed Trinity and serve as a stimulus unto our readers to give more careful study and holy meditation those titles of his which we cannot here consider possibly we can help our friends most by devoting our attention to those which are more difficult to apprehend. The Holy Spirit is designated by great names and titles and scripture was clearly evident in Clearly evidence both his personality and deities. Some of these are procured himself, others he has in common with the Father and the Son and the undivided essence of divine nature. On the wondrous scheme of redemption, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit revealed to us under distinct characters by which we are taught to describe a certain, certain operation to one more immediately. Then to another, yet the agency of each is not to be considered as so detached, but that they cooperate and concur. For this reason, the third person of the Trinity is called the Spirit of the Father, John 14:26, and the Spirit of the Son, Galatians 4:6, because acting in conjunction with the Father and the Son, the operations of the one are to affect the operations of the others, and altogether result from the individual, indivisible essence of the Godhead. First, he is designated the spirit which impressed two things. First, his divine nature, for God is spirit, John 4, 24, and 39 articles of the Episcopal Church, well, expresses it. Without body, parts, any material or visible substance. Second, expresses his mode of operation, the hearts of the people of God, which is compared in Scripture to a breath or movement of the wind, both of which enumerate him in this lower world suitably so, inasmuch as they are visible and yet vitalizing elements. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Ezekiel 37.9, Therefore was it that... His public descent on the day of Pentecost. Suddenly there came the sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. Acts 2 2. Second, he is called by way of eminency the Holy Spirit, which is his most usual appellation in the New Testament. Two things are included. First, respect is had unto his nature. As Jehovah is distinguished from all false gods thus, who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods, who is like unto thee, glorious and holiness, Exodus 15:11. So is the Spirit called holy to denote the holiness of his nature. This appears plainly in Mark 3:29-30. He that shall blaspheme against the Holy Spirit shall never forgiveness, because they said, he hath an unclean spirit, thus opposition is made between his immaculate nature. That of the unclean or holy, unholy spirit observed too, how this verse also furnishes clear proof of his personality. For the unclean spirit is a person, and if the spirit were not a person, no comparative opposition could be made between them. So also we see here his absolute deity, 
for only God could be blasphemed. Second, this title views his operations and that in respect of all his works, for every work of God is holy and hardening and blinding equally as in regenerating and sanctifying. Third, he is called God's good spirit, Nehemiah 9.20. My spirit is good, Psalm 143.10. He is so designated principally from his nature, which is essentially good for them, is none good but one that is God, Matthew 19.17. So all... <coughs> so also from his operations from the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Ephesians 5 9. Fourth, he is called the free spirit. Psalms 51 12. So designated because he is the most magnificent giver, bestowing, bestowing his favors severally as he pleases, literally and upgrading not. Also because it is his special work to deliver God's elect from the bondage of sin and Satan. Bring into the glorious liberty of God's children. Fifth, he is called the Spirit of Christ, Romans 8, 9. Because sent by him, Acts, 20, Acts 2, 3, 3. And it's further in his cause on earth, John 16, 14. Sixth, he is called the Spirit of the Lord, Acts 8, 29. Because he possesses divine authority and requires unhesitating submission from us. Seventh, he is called the Eternal Spirit, Hebrews 9.14. Among the names and titles by which the Holy Spirit is known in Scripture, that of the Eternal Spirit is a peculiar appellation, a name which in the very first face of things accurately defines his nature and carries with it the most convincing proof of the Godhead. None but the High and the Holy One and have eternity can be called eternal. For other beings who possess the derivative immortality, it may be said that as they are created for eternity, they may enjoy, though the benignity of their Creator, a future eternal duration. But this differs as widely as East is from the West. And applied to him of whom we are speaking, he is he alone, and he alone who possesses an underived, independent, necessary self-existence. He was and is and is to come can be said exclusion all of the fees to be external. Robert Hawker. Eighth, he is called the Paraclete or the Comforter. John fourteen sixteen. Then which no better translation can be given. Providing the English meaning of the word be kept in mind. Comforter means more than solar is derived from two Latin words. Calm, alongside of, and fort is strength. Thus, the comforter is, is one who stands alongside of to give his people another comforter. He signified the spirit would get and fill his own place during doing for it. For the disciples, which he had done for them, which he was with them on earth, on earth. The Spirit strengthens in a variety of ways, consoling when cast down, giving grace when weak or timid, guiding when perplexed. Close this article with a few words from the pen of the late J.C. Philpot, 1863. Let anyone think that this doctrine, the distinct personality of the Holy Spirit, is a mere stripe of words. Or unimportant matter or unprofitable discussion, which we may take or leave. 
believe or deny without inner injury to our faith or hope. On the contrary, let this be firmly impressed on your mind that if you deny or disbelieve the personality plus the spirit, do you deny and disbelieve it? Believe, disbelieve with it the grand foundation truth of the Trinity. If your doctrine be unsound, experience must be a delusion. Your practice in position. The next time we're going to read chapter five, the covenant, five and offices of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Yes. Well, I hope you all have a good afternoon, and uh, we'll plan on seeing you Monday morning on this reading of this book.